Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning, Outlaws. I'm feeling a lot better today. Thank you for asking. Much peppier and more like myself. These mysterious things that come and go in the body sometimes. I like answers often, but, you know, you can't always find them, so you have to reside in the mystery. It's a gorgeous sunny day here. I love the fall. It's my favorite time of year. And, oh, thinking towards the end of the year, I am going to be producing uh, Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws t-shirts, merch, yay, uh, for solstice times. Uh, probably around uh, the beginning or middle of December, something like that. And they will be black with the logo on it in white on the front. And then on the back of the shirt, it will say, stay fierce. So I'm probably going to be able to afford potentially to do 20 shirts. And I think about 14 of those have been snagged so far. So if you would like a shirt and, uh, you know, you're interested in that for yourself or as a gift, please let me know what size you are and uh, where I can send it. And I will let you know the price once I have them printed. So thank you so much for your support any way you can, uh, either by that or, hey, how about a buck a month on Patreon? Twelve bucks a year, you get all these episodes. Sure, you can get them for free. Or you could feel good about giving me a buck a month. Ha. Anyway, onwards. Uh, Sad news of today is uh, in my own neighborhood, there's a wonderful arts festival called Kaleido. And it too, like the Relit Awards, had a masses of funding cut. Uh, So it's still going on this year. But now its uh, future is up in the air for next year because they need to raise $50,000. So unless some benefactor is going to come through with that, who knows? Because people in my neighborhood are are usually quite poor or definitely lower income. And uh, they're not going to be able to afford to give such large donations. So uh, yeah, here's hoping that doesn't happen because it's a festival that's not only family friendly and free, but uh, is full of incredible performers, um, music and dance and juggling and all kinds of cultural events and uh, bands and circuses and it's just a wonderful way of bringing a lower income neighborhood together and giving positive energies out okay so on that note i would like to do an homage today to don demansky who died september 7th 2020 so he died this month and he was 70 years old don't ask me to do the math um now Don Demansky, some of you may remember that years ago, oh yeah, he was born in 1950. Uh, Years ago in my collection, Catalysts, I included an essay in there called Dark Ecologies, in which I was essentially showing that those who were considered preeminent environmental poets in this country, uh, Don Mackay and Don Demansky, Uh, amongst them, I focused on those two, uh, actually were less environmental than the more radical eco-poets Dion Brand and Di Brandt 
now I had to focus on specific books to make that claim. Uh, with Don Demansky, I focused on all all the wonder, all the wonder unavenged, all our wonder unavenged, which came out in two thousand and seven. Adamakai, I think I wrote about Nightfield, and uh, Di Brandt was Now You Care, her best book, and Dion Brand was Inventory. So I was trying to show how what we accept is nature poets or environmental poets. Sometimes what they do is they provide comfort in mimetic connections between humans and nature. So, you know, anthropomorphizing nature, for instance, or putting nature and the environment within a systemic structure like a religion, like deities, like spirituality that we know. And so perhaps we could then feel that false assurance and solace from. And that was my argument that Domakai and Don Demansky could tend to veer in that direction, whereas Dion Brand and Di Brandt in those two books were much fiercer in wrenching uh, what we've come to become accustomed to in terms of what we see out in nature, uh, wrenching it out of its systems, problematizing it, complexifying it, uh, making us feel the pain on a much deeper level of how much we've poisoned our whole, you know, <laughs> well-being with uh, our destruction of, of forests and oceans and all that sustains us. We have despoiled it. So Dion Brand and Di Brandt were much more, to me at the time, uh, bespeakers of an ecological poetry which felt more vital and essential. Now, years and years later, this is still true, but uh, Don Demansky had his own place in this uh, realm of speaking about nature primarily and uh, showing, as Jeffers did, though Robinson Jeffers that is, though probably in a less extreme uh, inhumanist, definitely, sense uh, or sensibility uh, that we are connected to nature, that it is all one, that life and death are one, that, you know, we have to adhere and attend to the organic and the fundamental principles of existence. So I'm going to read you his brief bio and then a few responses to his work and end with a short lyric. So Don Damansky was an acclaimed Canadian poet. Yes, when I look at his picture and I see that that gray beard, um, I think I think back to my uh, my homage to Tim Lander and how these two gray bearded men were on such opposite uh, ends of the spectrum in terms of their reception in Canadian literature. Don Damansky received the GG, the Atlantic Poetry Prize, and others, and he served as the Ralph Gustafson Chair of Poetry at the Vancouver Island University in 2005. He released his first book, The Cape Breton Book of the Dead, in 1975, and his last book was Bite Down Little Whisper in 2013. But after he died, his selected poems was put out, and another book called Fetishes of the Floating Worlds. And... Uh, so Domansky died of a heart attack at the age of 70. He was interested in the interconnectedness of the universe and insisted the beings in it were part of a certain oneness. Yes. Uh, so here's 
a comment from Barry Dempster, a close friend and poet. He said that Damansky had a way of approaching nature in all its carnage and beauty and fear and joy and making it something that was just quite remarkable. Dempster said Damansky was able to skillfully transport a reader into a dark space without it being overwhelming. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's kind of what I was pointing out in my Dark Ecologies essay was that Dybrand and Dion Brand can take us to a space that is overwhelming and perhaps necessarily so, whereas Damansky and Mackay try to make their work more accessible, more palatable. Um, and there's pros and cons to this, of course. Is this falsifying the reality or is this making it better able to be absorbed and thus more useful in the end if poetry is ever useful? <laughs> so Dempster says his poems had a buoyancy to them, but he could also go deep into the darkness without making you feel like you're being pressed into a hole in the ground. Then we have Tim Lilburn, a poet who said, Demansky opened a whole new wing of Canadian poetry, the wing of the imagination. Not imagination as fancy, but imagination as a form of thinking, as a form of being in the world. Well, I really like to think that we had imagination as a form of thinking in Canadian poetry before Demansky. It kind of seems like one of the cores of writing a poem, but there you go. It's an homage. It's a tribute. And Demansky's wife, Mary Maydell, said that Demansky described himself as a metaphysical poet. I could agree with that. Uh, Maydell said, I think a lot of people felt it gave them a sense of the sacred. He saw poetry as a sacred endeavor, and other people were able to connect with that. And she also says that he took it upon himself to make the art of poetry accessible. He saw himself in a time where art in general and poetry for sure is in a dangerous situation. Not quite sure what that means. Um, it's in a dangerous situation in that people aren't reading it or listening to it or imagining that it matters in this world. And so they're not going to be able to obtain any of what is contained in this particular genre, which focuses at its core on speaking truths through the craft, through musics. Uh, this is possibly always been the case. Uh, so she says he felt it was his role to create a safe and enduring place for poetry, and I think he achieved that. Not a fan of the word safe. How could any outlaw be? But I know that Demansky is very beloved, and there's reason for that. I'm going to finish by reading a short lyric of his called Biodiversity is the Mother of All Beauty. Thank you, Don Demansky. When I think of blood drops and little hurts entering a field, filling the fields, when I think of dandelions off their leashes and the no play of dragonflies, airborne red and metallic blue, light as silk, when I think that one sigh was the progenitor of all life, that the binding of oxygen and hydrogen is the most erotic calligraphy, that every thought, human and otherwise, is an astronomical unit, that each is star-laced to its very core. You've been listening to Miss Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce. 
word musicians.